fellow geeks! Welcome to another episode of our playthrough of Stolen Fate. As always, we have Chase as our unflappable Game Master, M as the indomitable Crunk, Katie as the whimsical Gingham, and Tori, that's me, as the broody Jack. This is the audio version of our actual play video series, which you can watch over at youtube.com slash level1geek. Now, let's roll. We are officially starting the Stolen Fate campaign. The first book is called The Choosing, and we're going to start this where all books start, which is chapter one, Luck of the Draw. You heroes, well, Crunk and Jack, we're going to start mostly with you two. You two have been traveling together since. You guys headed back to Absalom, and you have already discussed that you had this shared vision of some sort of game shop in the Grand Bazaar. It was crowded with shops, flanked by a flower shop and an open-air meat vendor. And in your vision, you could hear the sounds of the Grand Bazaar. You could smell the smells. And this shop was caught between smells of both floral and savory, and a sign above the door read, Three Moves Ahead, with images of dice and game pawns. You both felt a very strong pull to it, and you both could feel that you were both involved in this vision. Almost like you were standing side by side, even though neither of you were in the vision, you could sense each other's presence. This wasn't just some kind of thought that passed by, it was something more special, and you both knew that. So. We are going to begin this adventure in the Grand Bazaar. Is there anything that you guys did to catch up on before you head here to Three Moves Ahead? And are you going to head to Three Moves Ahead? I think th there's not really anywhere else to go. You're not unfamiliar with this feeling, Jack. It feels similar to the call. The call has always felt a little wrong to you, like you, you're familiar with what was happening. This doesn't, though. This feels important. It feels right. It feels bigger than yourself. But the the tug of being drawn somewhere, like you're you're familiar with that feeling. Yeah, don't have any better ideas, Crunk. Do you? Crunk doesn't necessarily have any better ideas right now. Crunk will probably spend the time necessary to get his shield repaired after such a terrible fight. But afterwards, quite eager to follow this vision. Yeah, I think we'll sleep it off and then go the next day. Jack is still quite moody in the morning, but he is very curious to see what this shop is all about. Excellent. All right, yeah. So you guys get a nice night's rest and you guys recover. And you guys have both been to Absalom. You met in Absalom. And maybe you've never been in this game store before, but you recall passing by it. The Grand Bazaar, by the way is extremely busy. Let me show you guys just like a little bit of a map of the Grand Bazaar here. Wow, so many tents. So many tents. The Grand Bazaar is bustling. There are shops, there are tents, and there are just packs full of people. Like traveling what should be like a five minute walk in the Grand Bazaar can sometimes take upwards of an hour just because it's so packed. It is not everybody's jam just because it's so hard to move around. Oh, I bet Jack spent a lot of time in the Grand Bazaar. Then there's the press crowds. It's probably a lot easier to lift a few things along the way. And I bet a lot of the underbelly of Absalom likes to run through here sometimes, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, so you, you do a little bit of crime in the Grand Bazaar. Jack's a little bit of a delinquent. Yes, he doesn't seek it out. He just is very good at it and people hire him accordingly. He doesn't necessarily run any of those operations himself. He is more a free agent. Absalom is both a good place for crime and a bad place for crime. You know, there's a lot of crime to be had, a lot of things to lift, as you said, though. They do have also pretty strict guard patrols and a lot of law enforcement around because crime is so high. For those of you who are listening and not viewing this map with us, the Grand Bazaar is basically just a rainbow of tents and buildings and intertwining and winding robes, ro robes? No, roads. Kind of like a spaghetti bowl of roads. It's just chaotic and beautiful at the same time. A spaghetti time. bowl of roads. I really like that, that a fun. lot. Yeah. Spaghetti. Who doesn't love spaghetti? Now, for you guys at Three Moves Ahead, Three Moves Ahead is in a building, not in the tent portion, to the southwest. 
Okay. So as you guys arrive at this store, it looks exactly like your vision and the smells smell exactly as they do in your vision. Something that is standing out and different from your vision is kind of an odd figure standing out front of the door. Katie, why don't you go ahead and tell us what this odd figure looks like? Well, this odd figure is about a foot tall, probably leaning against the door, like a la Halloween decoration. Looks like a scarecrow just kind of chilling there with glowing eyes. Not moving, though. Really tattered hat. It's a wig that looks like it's been stolen and just like tarnished. And there's just talismans and stuff just attached to this thing leaning against the wall. What in the hells is that? Jack asks Crunk. Have you ever seen something like that before? Does it does Gingham appear to be alive, or is Gingham assuming the the pose of an object at this time? Gingham's assuming the pose of an object right now. Hmm. Can I? I'm gonna not get close to it, but just kind of like peer at this thing. I'd like to make some kind of knowledge check to see if I know what this is. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me a craft or an occultism. Or a society. I'm good at a society and occultism. I'm going to go ahead and just do occultism for the kicks and gigs of it all. Sweet. All right. I roll the dice. The dice say 15 plus 17 for a grand total of 32. Yeah, the glowing eyes kind of give it away. It does look sentient when you look close enough. This looks like a poppet which is a rather uncommon ancestry around Galerion, but they are more common here in Absalom than anywhere else. Jack, this is actually a sentient creature that probably heard what you said. And Gingham, you hear all of this. Oh, Jack kind of approaches and leans down a little to get on Gingham's level, looks into their skeletal slash scarecrow face. Hello? Is that true? Oh, yes, that is true. Gods, okay, that is unsettling. Oh, I know you. I know both of you. Oh, I'm pretty sure I am positive I would have remembered seeing you before, and I have not. But, but you, you saved me from, oh, magic. I don't really save a lot of people. I don't think, think you're thinking of somebody else. Oh, she points at Crunk. You, too, you were big, and you hit, and it was... It was very dark outside. Where are you all keeping your cards? Hmm. I was going to say on my bandolier. It's just at my hip. I think Jack has it. Yeah, probably tucked in his bandolier as well. Not displayed, but put away. So you thought that you put it away and you thought that it wasn't displayed, but you can't help but notice that this creature has a similar card. Poking out from their bandolier, and Gingham, you notice that this human also has a card poking out from his bandolier. You've got a card. You could have sworn you tucked it away, Jack, but it's uh, definitely out there for display. Yeah, as soon as Gingham points it out, he hastily tucks it back in. I I didn't... Oh, you have one of those too. Did it come smack you in the face? No, I don't think it smacked me. It was there, though. Is that why you're here? At three moves ahead. Gingham looks up at the building and then back at the two of you. Uh, I think that's right. Oh, Kronk, this keeps getting weirder. Well, I think that as long as we follow destiny and the visions that have been granted to us, all will make sense in time. Why don't we enter this little shop and see what we find on the interior? As Crunk makes that suggestion and you guys look towards the door, you can see there is a sign on the door that reads closed, which is a bit odd because it is in the middle of the day and, you know, traffic is bustling. Is there a window or glass on the door or something I can peer through? This shop does not have any windows on it. So no, no way to peek inside. Pardon me, Jack. Yeah, what? I'm just going to like kind of scoot Jack out of the way of the door with a little small gesture. And then step up and bam, 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 bam. I'm going to knock super loud. Okay. As you knock Crunk with the bam, bam, you know, it gives like a a sturdy thud on the door. And with the last bam, when you hit with a sturdy knock, the door just creaks open a little bit. Perfect. And I walk inside. 
Gingham just follows. On the map here, you guys can go ahead and control your tokens and move around where you would like to on the map here. You should be able to see what your token sees as you move inside. Now, as you guys enter inside the shop, it immediately smells like blood heavy in the air, and it is not hard to see the source of it. The shop consists of a single wide room. A few shelves hold dice games and card decks, while private gaming rooms to the west sit beyond open curtains. Strangely, chalk lines cover the floor of the room, some of them smeared beneath a body and blood of a dead Varician woman. We know for sure that she's dead. There is a lot of blood, and it looks like there's a big old slice right across her neck, and her eyes look very empty, and her skin looks very pale. You can roll medicine if you want to be certain. I would love to roll medicine. Jack will shut the door behind us. <laughs> he walks in and sees all this. Uh, oh, okay. He'll lock it, too, if he can. There is a lock. I rolled a total of 35. As Krunk steps a little bit closer, the floorboard's probably creaking under his feet, and he crouches down. Do I know how long she's been dead? Yeah. Jack, when you close the door, there is a lock, but it looks like the lock has actually been broken. Uh, so the door doesn't seem to properly lock, even though it should. Krunk, with your medicine check, it looks like she has actually probably been recently dead. She's lost a lot of blood, which is the cause for the pale skin color, but this blood still looks very fresh. It has not happened very long ago. Like minutes or like hours? Less than an hour. Okay. Jack looks at Gingham. <gasps> How long you been here? Um, I don't know. Well, that's, uh, seems convenient to not know. Was the door just open when you got here? Oh, I've just been outside, just watching. Everybody go ahead and make me a perception. I'm rolling the fire tonight out of 36. Oh, you really are. I not one. Gingham, your memories start to overwhelm you a little bit. You have a lot of memories washing through your brain, especially around these individuals. You just kind of space out for a moment. Both Jack and Krunk. Krunk, you can't help but notice there is a very big shimmer in the room. Like right here next to the woman, it's as if the light is reflecting oddly off of something, almost as if something's invisible there. And Jack, you happen to notice a similar image, but to the south corner of the room that is quickly moving towards Krunk. Oh, okay. I think that Krunk is going to respond aggressively because someone was just murdered here and now there's invisible creatures that make sense to Krunk to react violently. So I'm going to go with a cantrip of acid splash and toss it towards the invisible thing across from me that I have seen since it seems large and hopefully the splash damage will reveal anything if I don't hit exactly. Okay, as soon as you start using somatic components, we're going to roll initiative and you guys will not be surprised since you were prepared for this. Okay. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Whoa, those are scary creatures. Oh, they are. my goodness. How about that starting at level 11? You know, you get right into <laughs> the dangerous stuff. Can I describe the one that Kronk attacked? Yeah, let me get some combat music on for myself here. Oh, I rolled so bad on my initiative. I did so good on everything else and then rolled poo-poo. All right, well, let me describe this freaking creature that Krunk sees. Yeah, please uh, do. It is, it looks bad. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. A skeleton mm. on all fours is crouched over this woman's body. It has glowing red eyes and jaws that come out of the side of its face in hooks and then a second pair of jaws. It's like are, mandibles. Yeah, yeah, that are all like underneath and it looks horrible. It has like a ridged spine of bone down its back and up its tail, which curves over its back like a two-pronged skeleton, not skeleton, scorpion tail and big black leathery wings are just like hovering over. It looks horrid and i hate it it is actually a skeletal scorpion tail so you weren't even wrong the first time oh that's a killer description i like it do you want to uh you want to describe the other one tori or katie yeah 
sure I can. Jack spotted it. It's the one next to Crunk is a little less horrifying, though still unpleasant. <laughs> it appears to be like a bipedal ram with reddish brownish rust colored skin, has two big ram horns, green glowing eyes, and then some brown feathery wings on its back. And its skin doesn't even appear to be rust colored. It actually looks like it's covered in rust when you get a good look oh, at it. Oh, okay. And it's got a little wispy tail as well. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to go ahead and roll for these. Jack, go ahead and roll your initiative. Now, Gingham, unfortunately, since you did not spot here, I'm going to put you as a nat one on initiative. And then what do you got for your initiative, Jack? Oh, <gasps> a nat 20. Excellent. Yeah, you saw the shimmer coming towards Krunk and you saw Krunk starting to cast a spell and you were ready to act fast. You see both shimmers now and you're up first. So as this image appears close to Krunk, it comes out of invisibility and you see it like at that top half of its body apparate as if it's going to claw right at Krunk. What are you doing? Well, may I use my battle cry? I can do that it when I roll initiative. So yeah, as sure. I see this thing appear out of the air, it's like a warning shout to Krunk, but it turns halfway into like a, a battle cry. What yeah, the name that. of the feat is, so. And it lets you demoralize, correct? Yes, yeah, and I'll just do the one that's right next to Krunk. So here's my intimidation This role. initiative is actually kind of appropriate because I feel like, Krunk, you don't notice this one coming up behind you, mm -hmm. but Jack does, so Jack goes, and then it goes, and then you go before the one that you're casting at. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> 35 to demoralize this rust ram. 35 is going to succeed and make this one frightened one. Love it. Seems a little caught off guard by the fact that you are screaming at it. And actually, it's going to take a reaction here. So you scream at it, and it's demoralized. And it stops kind of dead in its tracks at its claw and turns towards you. And it shivers visibly. Oh, what a scary, scary boy you are. I've never been yelled at so good. And those words, though they seem odd, feel silky and good as they hit your ears. Make me a will save, Jack. Actually, actually, Chase, they don't. They feel the opposite <laughs> of what you described. <laughs> I think his will save will decide how they feel. So why don't you go and make Oh my one. gosh, that was the worst thing I have ever heard. <laughs> ever. <laughs> is this um, a mental effect? That, it is. Okay. It's an enchantment and mental effect, if that matters. A 36. 36. They start to feel silky, and then you're right. They do feel quite the opposite, and you're able to shrug off whatever that feeling was. Don't like that. You now may take your actual turn, Jack. Okay. First action. I will draw out my rapier, and then I will move toward this rust ram, and I'll say, I don't like that tongue of yours. Let's just cut it out. And I'm going to strike. Love it. Jack, cool as always. <laughs> now, you are rogue, so this is flat-footed against your attack since you're acting before it. Well, also, he's afraid, so he's also flat-footed oh, to me. Oh, look at that. Now, with my house rule, I will actually stack that, and I'll make that a minus three instead of a minus two. It's a 38, then, total. 38 is going to hit. Crit. crit. Oh, dang it. So <laughs> close. Okay. Normal damage, then. Now, what type of damage is this? This is piercing. There's also some bleed damage, or it'll get a persistent, persistent correct. bleed damage. Yep. A D6 persistent? Yes. And what was your total damage? Wow, oh. a whole two sneak attack damage. One and one. You stab this thing, like, right where its heart should be. Such a firm, perfect stab here. This thing's skin is so rock hard, your rapier bends a little bit, and you feel like you barely even puncture the skin. Like, it starts bleeding just a little bit, but that rapier did not get deep. Uh, so it feels like it definitely has some kind of resistance. Okay. It's... Chase, are you he are you hearing the words? It's overtly that sexual. That come out of your mouth right now? <laughs> you gave it a firm stab, but your rapier <laughs> bent beneath Against your blow. Against its rock hard skin. Oh, it's, it's, it's so too hard. Much. It's like, you, it's, I think Chase didn't resist the will save. Chase did I, not save. Chase is into this thing in a Chase way that he should not. Are we not doing a Pathfinder romance novel? Am I on the wrong page? <laughs> you could be. <laughs> um, okay, last thing. I want to make it enfeebled one because I have debilitating strikes. Fantastic. 
and that's my turn. All right, some good debuffs there. And it is now going to crack back here, and it's pretty mad about Jack having the audacity. So let's go ahead and attack. First off, it's going to shove you. So this is going to be against your fortitude DC, Jack. That is 29 then. Okay, so that makes it not a critical success, but it is going to shove you back a little bit here. All right. And then it is going to slash at you with a claw. And that's going to be 33 versus your armor class. That will hit. Go ahead and make me a fortitude save if you would. Rolling a nat 20, baby. Nice. No problems there for you, but you're going to take 20 damage from the claw. And then it's going to slash at you one more time with a 29. Dang, that meets it. Okay. Make me uh, no more fortitude saves. We'll let the nat 20 bypass this one. All right. That's another 25 damage. Oof. All right. Crunk, you're up. All right. Did this thing become visible or do I still need to cast the spell in order? Did I cast the spell? Like, I'm kind of confused at the order of operations here. Did I cast the spell? It became visible. As soon as you started to cast it, you rolled initiative. So, and this thing does bleed for five damage, by the way, Jack. I guess that I will let the acid splash fall because I need to pull out my shield and sword. I don't think I had... Did I have yeah. them drawn when I came in here? I doubt it. Up to you. If you saw a dead body on the floor, would you draw them immediately? Or were you inspecting the body? Like, I'll leave I went up. to go see if I could help the person first. Okay, so. so probably not. Okay, I will spend an action. Do I have to draw my shield and my sword separately? Or can no, I do one the interact action? can pull them both out. Okay, one interact to pull them both. And then I'm going to... I'm going to step here to flank to give Jack flanking, and then I will attack the one that's closer to me. All right. Love it. One-handed attack. Here comes the strike. All right. So this is a 37 shield out, sword drawn, step, slash across this thing's back. That's a hit. What type of damage are you doing? This is going to be slashing damage, I do believe. Cool. 21. All right, excellent. Yeah, you get a nice solid cut across this thing, but it definitely has some very hard skin and you don't feel like the blade cuts as deep as it should. Unfortunately, that was all my actions. All right, the big skeleton here is going to go and it is going to appear. It becomes visible and it's waving its skeletal claws in the air with this golden light and then it slaps them down on the ground and this large circle of runes is going to appear underneath all of your feet. And then it is going to point one of its bony claws at you, Krunk. And uh, it's going to spend an action to ask you a very formal question. Do you have any of the cards? And what would you like to say or would you like to refuse to answer? I decline your request. I like that answer, just to that question. Do you have XYZ? I deny your request. And as you say that, Krunk, you feel a sharp pain through your head. And this actually, it, it hurts to decline this request. <sighs> You're going to take a little bit of damage here. This is going to be eight mental damage. All right. All right. Gingham, you're up. Gingham blinks and then looks around surprised that there's fighting happening now. Oh, oh, that doesn't look nice. They're going to look at the rust bucket of a ram, and I would like to exploit its vulnerability. Excellent. Make me an esoteric lower check. I would love to roll a 32. A 32 is a success. So I can identify their top mortal weakness. Excellent. So they are weak to good damage by 10. This creature looks of pure evil. You can smell it rolling off of the creature, and definitely some good damage would hurt it. So you know that thing that says between you, um, hit it with the good, the good stuff, you know? It makes the good lights and, and all of that, and here, uh, like this. And Gingham's gonna pull out like a, a tiny little like bobble light and they're going to wrap it around Jack's blade and then go try, try again to hit it there. 
And so I moved and I'm going to share weakness with Jack. Excellent. And your first check, that doesn't also count as a recall knowledge, right? No, I don't think so. I can identify their weakness and I can choose mortal or... So now Jack counts as having that good damage against this, correct? For this Some round. good mm-hmm. damage. Good damage. Fantastic. So that was exploit vulnerability, move, and share weakness. So that's Gingham. Jack, you're back up. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you're talking about, but whatever. Poke it. He'll, he'll do as Gingham says and try to poke it. All right. With a Ooh. 39? A 39 is going to hit. Darn it. Looking for that crit, Chase. <laughs> All right. Another nine plus. Oh, my gosh. I rolled double ones on my precision damage again. That's twice in a row. Two sneak attack damage, but it's good damage at least. Yeah. So, I mean, your rapier kind of bends again, and it's hard to even break the skin when you stab this thing. But this time, that little pinprick through the skin not only bleeds, but sizzles with a little bit of golden light. And what would you like to use for your debilitation? Oh, yes. Is that an action? Nope, it's a free action. So I will make it enfeebled once more. Enfeebled is refreshed. And I'll strike again. Wow, look at these rolls. 19, so 36. Wow, I'm rolling so low on my dice, though. That's six damage, and then my precision sneak attack. Hey, that was more like it. 10, there we go. That's what we're looking for. And do you get to debilitate multiple times around? I don't remember. The trigger is your strike hits a flat-footed creature and deals damage. Fantastic. So I guess I'll... a different one? Sure. I only have two options, so I will make its speed go down by 10. All right. And then I'll just try and hit it again. Let's get it. Poke, poke, poke. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. got a little greedy. Natty one. Ooh, we should play with cards, shouldn't we? All right. Nat ones only. Not all critical fails will trigger a critical fail card. Nat 20s only will trigger the critical hit card. So this is a melee attack. So uh, as you overextend here, it dodges out of the way of your last poke, grabs your wrist, and stabs your rapier down into the ground. It gets stuck in the floor pretty solid. So I'm going to give you the option of if you want to use your rapier next turn, you're going to be slowed too. You can do something else and not be slowed, but if you want to use your rapier, you'll be slowed too. All right, and that's Jack's turn, correct? All right. This rusty goat beast is up again. Jack is the one who keeps poking it a lot, so let's go ahead and... It's going to target your rapier in the ground, and it is going to start casting a spell. Does anybody have any reactions? I have Shadow Siphon, so if it does deal damage, I can try and do something about it. All right, it is going to deal damage. It's going to look down at your rapier in the ground, and it's going to start wiggling its fingers in a somatic way, and it's going to scream at your rapier, and it's going to let out this shock wave, and you're going to see the middle on your rapier start to crack. Any reactions to that, Crunk? I'm damaging the rapier. Doesn't look like Jack has other weapons. I have a dagger. I just don't know if we are going to survive this if you don't have a weapon. I will go ahead and use Shadow Siphon Chase. Alright, what does that do? I attempt to counteract the target spell. If the attempt is successful, any... Oh, this is actually only any creature that would be damaged by a spell would take half as much. Are you going to allow this? Yeah, I allow no? that, yeah. Alright, let's try and count it. This is a level spy, 5 spell, but I get to treat the counteract level as too higher for this attempt. Cool. Oh, I rolled so low. 27... Oh, is it is it a failure? It is a failure. Okay, so I rolled a failure, so it's going to be a plus two from the thing. So if the effect is less than seven, then it's counteracted. And it is an effect six, so you are counteracting. So it'll do half Yay. damage. Okay, half damage to whatever is happening to Dory's rapier. Which is going to be 16, which means that your rapier is one damage below the broken threshold. From this effect, the scream seems to not... You feel kind of a blast of energy as it screams. And as Krunk does his spell, and what does that look like, Krunk? So this is a shadow siphon. So it actually, tra- it like, 
moves some of the energy that is being cast into the shadow plane. So I picture when he does this, it actually, the shadows wrap around these scream reverberations and lessen it as some of it is siphoned away completely. Just feel bad for the shadow creatures on the other end of that portal. Like, oh, geez. Oh, it's okay. Fine. Okay. It's probably undead somewhere. They don't care about that. And it's fine. Yeah, it turns that shadow energy, cracks the rapier, does not shatter it. Then out of anger, it's going to turn around. And it's going to claw at you, Crunk. Perfect. That's all I've ever wanted. How about a 39 versus your armor class? That's a hit. Okay, make me a fortitude save. Not one. Cool. Noted. It's fine. <laughs> oh, and you also took uh, 22 damage, correct? I hadn't, but I'm gonna. Sweet. And then, Tori, this thing takes two bleed damage and recovers from it. That's gonna make it Crank's turn. I am going to try to spell strike this with acid in hopes that acid will hurt its metal hide, and that's how his logic is gonna go. So let's do our strike here. Please hit, please hit, please hit. 34. A 34 is gonna hit. All right, let's go. Here is the damage. And this is still just slashing damage, correct? Well, until I do my spell. Fantastic. Minimum damage, are you kidding me? That's fine. <laughs> So it was 14 slashing damage. And as you cut into this thing, it still feels rather ineffective to pierce its skin. But that acid damage does seem to fall normally. So that's going to be 10 more there. And all three of you are going to take two splash damage here. So two acid damage. Dang. Including myself? Including yourself. You're in the splash zone. That sucks. All right. Sounds good. Good to know. Good to know. And then for my final action, I'm actually going to drop into uh, Arcane Cascade. And that's my turn. All right. That was Crunk. This thing's up. The big old mandibled scorpion skeleton. And it's going to point at Gingham this time. Do you have any cards? And what do you do, Gingham? You feel its question directed at you. It feels like there's a tug on that question pulling you towards it. You mean this one? Yes, it has one. Kill that one. Do you have any cards? And it points at Jack as an action. May I attempt to lie? Yeah, you sure can. Make me a will save if you want to, though. Ah, uh, okay. I imagine this is a mental effect. It is. Oh, oh 25. All right, you try to lie, and the truth spills out. So how does the truth spill out? I mean, I think Jack starts to talk, and then he, he like, can't talk, and instead he just grumbles, yes. The truth does come out. Excellent. Two of them. We found two of them. And then it points at Crunk as its last action. Did you know this storekeeper? No, Desna has led me here to avenge her. It chitters its mandibles in irritation. And that's its turn. Gingham, you're up. I don't want to die. That doesn't seem very nice. But maybe we finish this one off? I want to exploit once more on the rusty guy. Then I spend the action. Gingham's got their raven's head implement in their hand and they they look over it at jack are you going to poke it again i'm working on it and then i'm gonna touch the little bobble that looks like it's like fizzled out with the implement and it lights back up again i i will say gingham that one was on my rapier which is currently broken stabbed into the floorboards kind of snapped towards the hilt does not look stabbable anymore have another thing that can poke or yeah you see i mean i know it's not jack's turn but you see he's grabbing he's grabbing out his dagger from his bandolier uh yeah so gingham will just like do a little hop up with the raven skull and the raven skull beak just like pecks the end or like the hilt that you're grabbing and that same glow will come back to the hilt that should help again all right just gonna move behind here. I hope you don't mind. And Gingham's gonna like back up and hide behind Jack. That's Gingham's turn. Jack, you're up. 
All right. As I said, I am pulling out my dagger. So that's one action. And then... This is why you always have backup weapons. Yeah. Well, this is my last backup weapon, so let's hope I don't need another one. I'm going to actually ready a strike. My trigger is going to be... Well, as soon as this rust ram does anything. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So dagger drawn and then two actions ready in action. Yes. And it is this rust ram's turn. It smiles at you when you admit that you have a card and you get ready for it. It starts to cast some somatics and its eyes start to glow. Would you like to... Uh... Stab it? Yep. Yes, I would like to. And because I have the Rabbit Prince card in my possession, I get a plus one to this. Oh, nice. Look at that. Stabbing with my dagger, adding a plus one. 30? 30 is going to miss. Oh, okay. That's with your plus one, correct? That is with my plus one, with it flat-footed. Right. That is so, a miss. Yeah. All right. So Do I hero uh, point? Maybe I hero point. I think I'll hero point. Hey, I'm a hero point. Let's do it. So that's do so the it. hero point's gonna let you reroll to plus two by my house rules. So it's yeah. gonna hit no matter what, but see if you crit. So 36 is the highest. No crit, but it will still hit. All right. All right, go ahead and roll that damage and then make me a fortitude save afterwards. Okay. That is nine damage. It is good damage right now, I yep. believe. Plus eleven for sneak Ooh. attack. Ooh, there you go. Okay, and this is still standard material dagger, right? Nothing special about it? Yes, this one is normal. That's going to be and then a solid fortitude. 20 damage. Yeah, uh, fortitude save. Oh, and then what are you going to debilitate it with? Oh, yes. I'll make him enfeebled. 32 for... 32 is right the fortitude on the save. money. Oh! Now, as this thing stares at you, its eyes glow this deep green. You start to feel a little sluggish. You're able to shrug it off for the most part, but the feelings are still lingering a bit. So you're going to be slowed one next turn. Okay. I stab into this rust ram and and slash him with my knife, and I say, I liked that sword. I take that personally. And I'll take your card personally. <laughs> I'm going to cut the price of that sword out of your flesh. <laughs> All right, and then he's gonna go ahead and slash at you with the claw. Okay. It's gonna be a cool 38. All right, that hits. Uh, I would like to use a reaction. Oh, yes, what's the reaction? Uh, the reaction is that Gingham yelps from behind, holds up their amulet, and goes, not that much. It is going to give... Two plus my level, so you're going to get 13 resistance. Oh, oh, oh. wow. So I bet you only take seven instead. Thank you, Gingham. And then make me another fortitude save, Jack. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hang on. Let me type in the damage first. And then fortitude save. That's only a 28 this All time. Right. Noted. All right, Crunk, you're up. Okay. Good old Crunky boy is a little upset that everybody keeps attacking his good friend, Jack. He's going to try and hit this guy right in front. I am going to spend an action to do it, and I'm going to attack with a spell strike. So one action, restore your spell strike, two action spell strike? Mm -hmm. I'm going to try another damage type. Let's go ahead and do uh, a ray of frost this time. Here's the attack. Ooh, that's going to crit. <laughs> Yay, crunk! Nice. Okay, crit damage. Here we go. That's a solid 40 on the slashing oh, damage. Oh my. Which, even though this is a solid hit, still feels like it does not pierce all the way. Okay, that's fine. Let's do this cast. All right, so that's going to be 36 cold damage. That's correct. Which uh, looks like it affects him very well. The wound frosts over and starts to crackle. And... You can see it wince with pain, Jack, and then it smiles and turns around at Crunk, and it's going to use a reaction. <gasps> what a mighty warrior you are. I've never felt such a chill to my bones. Go ahead and make me a will save, Crunk. Oh, Chase. I did not enjoy that, even a little bit. I don't think I have anything to boost this. We're just rolling flat and hoping that Desna protect 23. Oh, no. Oh, no, Crunk. <laughs> 
as it says that you feel the same words echo like a whisper in your ears and they just bounce back and forth between each ear like a glorious surround sound in your head and oh those words feel so good you are a mighty warrior you are so freaking strong and you feel it and nothing can stop you you're gonna kill this guy so easy this is what's gonna happen to you here you get a plus two bonus on saving throws against fear. You're going to take a minus two penalty to all of your attack rolls and skill checks for an hour. You cannot benefit from aid reactions. You cannot use a healing effect on yourself. You cannot use the take cover or raise a shield action. You cannot cast the shield cantrip. And that's uh, that's it. All of that for an hour? All that for an hour. Just a confidence Yikes. boost. Yikes. What if I emergency charge? You don't need charge? a raise a shield. No, you don't need an emergency charge. You're so freaking strong. Nothing can kill you. You don't even have to worry about it. What a stupid spell. Why'd you even take that spell? That's all what's going through your head right now. So sad. It's all my actions. Brunk's <laughs> having a confident time, okay? That's all that's okay, happening. So what about my paladin card that allows me to bonus reaction stuff? Nah, worthless card. Don't need to do it. Worthless card. Why well, have magical <laughs> items? Crunk just throws the card away. I don't need any of this stuff. Fuck your inventory. You don't need it. Takes his armor off. Who needs it? Chase, can I go like <laughs> just like this raucous laughter rising up to the rafters above? And Crunk is gonna say, and guess what else? Since I'm gonna tear you apart, I had a card too. Just like embrace that that whole feeling of rapture <laughs> in this moment there is no safety as you mentioned the card the skeletal scorpion clatters its claws and its mandibles and shivers in delight mm -hmm. we found them all great that's your turn and it's its turn and now it's gonna skitter gleefully towards you better than jack it's gonna start attacking you crunk you're flat-footed right now so love that for me it's gonna bite you okay Normally, Chase, I would emergency targe and then reaction go into... It doesn't matter. It misses. Get out of here, you stupid fool. I just yeah, reach up so and grab strong. its face with my big ol' arm. Just hold it there. <laughs> All right. And then another claw is going to sweep at you. That's going to miss, too. Get out of here. Dude, you're so strong. Who needs shields? All right. Gingham, your turn. There's a lot of confidence going on right now. What if we just keep taking care of this one, Jack, and uh, everyone can be dealt with? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I've not seen Crunk like this. I've only known him like a week, so who knows? All right. Their amulet's going to glow again, and then it's going to be another, like, beak kiss on the dagger. Then, and then I'm actually going to use intensify vulnerability on myself with my amulet. So you see, like, a little bubble shimmer across gingham and what does that do basically that's going to give me a plus two ac and saves to my exploited vulnerability so if rust bucket comes to try to kill me i get a plus two love it anything else for gingham that's all three all right jack you're up again you're slowed one so only two actions this turn okay strike strike so first hit is a net 20? Give her a card. Yep, that's going to be a card. Now, do you have crit specialization, Jack? I do. All right, are you slashing or piercing? I think I'll slash. It seems like the piercing hasn't really done as well, so I'll slash with my dagger. Now, you can either deal double damage, like normal, or you can strike this person and deal normal damage, stride without provoking reactions and strike a different creature and automatically deal normal damage oh that second one is tempting let's just kill this one between us so it's gonna take persistent bleed damage from the crit specialization chase uh-huh crunk you think i should deal double damage and just yeah i think we should uh, kill one of do these the stride okay we need to get ahead on the uh the action economy yeah, I will just do that. I'll deal double damage, crit damage. All right, let's roll it up. Sneak doubles as well. Okay, so that's 12. It's going to get... And this has been good damage, right? Yes, mm -hmm. Gingham? 
Okay. Yep. All right, so plus 20, so we're at 32. We're at... 16 precision damage, and then a D6 of persistent bleed damage. Which will happen on its turn. How do you do it? Oh, yay. What was the last thing it did? It it cast Braised its weird crunk. spell thing on Crunk. Yeah. So Jack grabs its shoulder and, and turns it back toward him. And he says, like I said, I don't like that tongue of yours. Let's just cut it out. And he jostles the ram so it's off balance and then just grabs it by the horn and stabs it right in the mouth and does what he says, cuts its tongue out. And with that, it makes a nasty gurgle sound and it slumps on the ground dead. And then I would like to use my reaction to do your next. And I look my blood-soaked hand and dagger. I look over Krunk's shoulder at this skeletal scorpion creature. And I would like to attempt to demoralize it. Oh, yeah, do it. 38 to demoralize. It looks truly shook that you just took out what appeared to be its superior. And it is frightened too. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Jack doesn't even say anything. He just stares at it with his bloody hand and dagger. It looks kind of nervous and shirks back a little bit. Why don't you just make this easy and give the cards? I'm pretty sure you guys are the ones who made this difficult. He's going to throw the dagger. And it's flat-footed because it's frightened against you, right? Correct. Oh, that's going to miss. Only a 19. It goes through its bones. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That is a miss. Is this your returning dagger? Yep, so it just zips back into my hand. All right, Krunk, you're up. Krunk thinks he's the best and has ever been, so he's going to go ahead and spend one action to recharge his spell strike, and we're going to use our best, biggest, baddest spell possible in order to, you know, be as strong as goodness can possibly be. So here comes a attack chase with a freaking... Six level disintegrate. Oh man, you're so strong, Crunk. I'm so strong. How much? <laughs> how, what's my penalty right now to my attacks? Two. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do minus two on this circumstance bonus. Add. What about a 34 chase? The crit, because it's frightened. <laughs> Yay! Are you for rolls <laughs> right now? That's right on the money. A crit, because it's. That's the yeah. funniest shit I've ever AC heard. AC 26 okay. down to 24. <laughs> All right, so it starts off with a, a decent, a decent 34. Uh-huh. Now, this thing also feels like its bones are very hard to crack into, but, you know, get some work done there. And this is going to be double here, Chase. Oh, my gosh. So double 73 for me, would you? Wait, that's not doubled? Nope, that's just basic. Double uh, yeah. 73? How do you do it? Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah. And that's, a, that's 146 plus 34. That's like, yeah, that's a lot of damage. So Krunk thinks that he is the strongest that he's ever been in his entire life. And this thing just like scuttled across the ground at him, probably tearing up this wooden floor. He just heard behind him Jack kill the other one, the, the cool tongue line. And he cannot think of a cool thing to say. So he's just laughing maniacally as he raises it. And he says, go to hell with your friend. And he's just going to smash into it. As he does, a bright green light fills up the room. And all that is left in the place of the skeleton is bone dust in a pile, but also kind of like swooshed back as if the force of his blow slammed this thing great power bone dust it is and we're out of initiative jack just hears from Ooh. behind him a, Ooh. <laughs> bone dust glitters down in the room uh-huh and i'd like to clarify crunk your effect is still lasting for an hour ah uh, okay holy oh. shit crunk that was neat Crunk's going to whirl around and just biggest grin at Jack. I can only do that once a day. <laughs> wow, a uh, good thing, I guess. But why don't you just take it easy? I'm feeling, I don't know what that iron goat was doing to me, but 
I feel like I could take on the world. Okay. Uh, the glowing runes that the skeletal scorpion put beneath you fade away as it disintegrates, but you are still left with a bloody body of the Versian woman and the chalk drawings all over the floor. And the chalk drawings have gotten rather scuffed up in this fight. There was just a little bit of like some scratch marks from the scorpion clawing over them, a little bit of skeletal dust. They're still definitely there, but they've gotten scuffed up. Jack will turn to Gingham. You seem to weirdly know a lot about weird things. Any of this look familiar to you? I don't know. I can go look. You will hop over. It's like a little, like, the stick man waddle. And yeah, they'll look at the runes. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and roll me either a perception or a society. It will do a perception. Okay, 27. Not great. 27 on the perception. I roll, can I roll the society while we're waiting? Yeah, please do. Because that's actually not quite enough. What about a 30? 30 society is definitely enough. So, Gingham, you look at these. What you decipher, Gingham, it looks like it's some sort of hurriedly drawn map. You can see that the chalk is in her bloody hands. So it looks like she was the one who was drawing this. Crunk, as you get a look at it, you have actually recently looked at some maps of Absalom as you were visiting here. And you can tell this is a very roughly sketched out map of Absalom. It looks like, notably, it looks like a roughly sketched out map of the Grand Bazaar with three locations circled. It's so rough that you can't tell exactly which locations. You don't know the area well enough yet, but if you were to compare with a map, you may be able to identify what was being circled. We should do a drawing of this. I think these marked locations in the Grand Bazaar, but I would need to compare to be certain. Can I look around the shop to see if they sell any maps here? Yeah, absolutely. As you look around the shop, you can see that towards the back of the shop, there's some private gaming rooms. And to the north of the shop, it looks like there is an office. And in the office, the door to this room has a small opening at a human's eye level, revealing the office beyond. The office is a mess with piles of paperwork and incomplete games covering every surface. A messy cot indicates that someone's been sleeping here for the past few days. There's a ton of papers and things here that um, could potentially have a map. So why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception as you're looking around? Okay. Just to be clear, this office was unlocked? Correct. Okay. 31. 31. Okay, let's take a look here. Oh, also, a thing that you would have noticed, Gingham, with your perception, is as you were looking at the map, you notice that one of the woman's sleeves is rolled up far enough that you can see that on one of her wrists... She does have a tattoo that's pretty intricately drawn, and it's a pretty solid tattoo. A man staring up at the sky with like a lightning beam coming down to his face and crackling into his eyes. And uh, what was your perception one more time, Jack? I'm sorry. 31. All right. You do see a map there. You see a map of Absalom as you're looking around. But as you're looking around, you start to feel a very strong energy that starts to thrum in your chest and it almost pulls your gaze towards what appears to be a folder containing a business ledger of some sort, just jammed awkwardly onto one of the shelves. I'll wordlessly just hand the map over to Crunk as I drift toward the shelf and I'll pull out this business ledger. Okay, excellent. As you pull out this business ledger, the first thing that catches your attention is as you pull it out, you can see something slides through it and starts floating down to the ground. And you can immediately tell this is what was causing the source of the energy. Let me show you a picture of this. You can see it's another card that floats down from the ledger. This appears to be another Haro card named The Vision. And it's got some beautiful art on it. And uh, Katie, let's show it to you players. Why don't you go ahead and describe it for us, Katie? Uh, yeah, this looks really similar to the tattoo that Gingham just saw. This is man, he's standing here, he's got a lightning bolt going into his head, and there's a bunch of acorns exploding around the top of his head. Then around his body, he's got a bunch of, like, 
woodworking tools like a saw and a chisel and nails that are just scattering about him as he's getting electrocuted. It's quite alarming. Jack snatches this card out of the air. Yeah, it's another one of these cards. He'll hold it up to show Gingham and Crunk. Ooh, Gingham will hold up the store owner's arm. Oh, that seems like more than a coincidence. Now, notably, when you guys received your first cards, you had like an intuition of what they could do. Like they were powerful. You felt like you could invest them and you felt like you immediately knew what they could do. This card also feels very powerful. It's also thrumming with magic, but you're not quite aware of what it does yet, like the other ones. You think this is why we're here? Unfortunately, I do not think that I am qualified to answer that yet, but I do think that whatever it is, it revolves around these cards. Well, clearly that skeleton scorpion thing was asking us if we had them. Mm -hmm. I think that we should look at these other locations on this map. Can I compare the map to the drawing? Yes, you can. So now that you have a map to compare, you can see that the three locations are each like five minutes in theory away from this place in the Grand Bazaar, though probably more like a half an hour given all the bustling traffic of the Grand Bazaar. But the three locations you can see on the map once you compare, one of them is named Historia Reliquary. One of them is named Kraken's Ink Tattoo. And one of them is named Reclaimed Paradise. And it appears that it is a historian shop, a tattoo parlor, and a junkyard, or a scrapyard, rather. Jack, as you hold this card and the ledger that it fell out of, you hear a whisper in your mind that says, Ledger, check the ledger. Jack looks perturbed suddenly and kind of shakes his head. He does not like voices in his head as a general rule. Mm, but It's a good rule to have, honestly. <laughs> He'll set this ledger down on the desk and a little bit cautiously sort of like leaning away from it, he'll flip it open. Yeah, so as you open it up, you can see that through the ledger is mostly pretty boring business stuff for the store. You can see inventory, different notes of customers and whatnot, but then it seems to get more and more lazy as you look through it, as if somebody didn't really want to fill it out. And then on the last page where you can see business written down, it starts to turn into some thorough notes. The notes say, The Vision, a chaotic neutral card of intelligence that represents obtruse knowledge, sudden insight, or instability? Question mark. I suspect that more cards from the same deck must be somewhere out there in the world. I think that one... Dyral Mernes, owner of the Harobaro, might know more. The Harobaro isn't a shop, but a traveling business whose proprietor wanders throughout the Grand Bazaar, and at times somewhere else in Absalom? Question mark. The notes indicate a few nearby people who have a close connection with Dyral. The names that are mentioned are Erikanesh at the Reliquary, Aaron, who owns a tattoo shop, and Clemeth, that owns a scrapyard. Those three locations seem to check out the map that you guys just interpreted. All right, Jack will relay all of this in summary. Wonderful. It seems as if we know exactly where we must go and who we must speak to. Yeah, but still not why. Why are we wrapped up in this? Why is anyone wrapped up in this? An excellent question. I guess we go to these locations then. It's the only answer I can think of. Gingham, are you willing to... Uh... Traverse with us? Yeah, I could do that. I can give you things, too. And Gingham's going to pull out a jade bobble from one pocket and then an owlbear claw from the other and hand Jack a jade bobble and crunk an owlbear claw. It's for, you know, saving me that one time. I can make more. I'll make so many. Okay. Hey, crunk, hey, just a quick Quick sidebar, just, just real fast over one here. One moment, Gingham. <clears throat> Jack, Jack will drag Crunk over to the corner. Um, Yeah, listen, I know that we decided to continue to travel together. Um, I just want to make it clear that I don't know that we should just go handing out invites to any random person or other 
sentient beings we might find with these cards, you know, just as a, maybe just a quick rule of thumb. I mean, I guess this little hike. Yeah, I don't, I'm still looking for the word, but it seems useful. Jack, you black out momentarily. Kronk, it looks like Jack just spaces out. And as you're speaking, Jack, you snap out of consciousness for a moment and you just see very, very fast flashes of little visions of horrible creatures, demonic looking figures in armor, things chasing you, things attacking you, creatures like what you just saw. You feel pain, you feel fire, you feel burning. And in every one of these visions, though they're kind of hard to decipher exactly what's happening, in every vision, you see Krunk standing in front of you trying to protect you from harm, and you see Gingham standing behind you holding up an amulet protecting you from harm. And in every one of these visions, the only thing that makes each and every one of them feel not completely hopeless and terrifying is these two individuals that are always with you side by side, wielding cards right beside you. And you snap back into consciousness. Uh, what was I saying? You were saying that um, perhaps we should not be inviting every person that we come across into our group. And, you know, I do concur somewhat. Perhaps I could uninvite um, dear uh, little... Oh, uh, no. No, I think that would be... That would just be weird at this point, you know, and... Um, Rude. Well, and weird. Yeah. Uh, also, I kind of feel like maybe I need you two to stick around for a while. I don't know. It was another... Remember that vision thing with the shop? Yes, our fates are tightly bound, Jack. I'm glad that you feel it too. And like this, this such a heavy hand lands on your shoulder. Gives you a little comforting squeeze. Oh, okay. Thanks for that. He pats your hand stiffly. Ah, uh, okay. All right, let's make it official then, I guess. Hey, uh, you, uh, what, what is it again? It's Gingham. G Gingham, right. Okay, uh, sure. You want to be officially part of this, whatever this is? I do. I do. All right. Well, uh, the ledger talked about this card being all about weird knowledge and seems like maybe your kind of thing and jack will flick the card to gingham yeah it flicks very gracefully and almost lands just perfectly right in gingham's hand super easy to catch as soon as you touch the card gingham you hear a voice in your head that says waste not want not and it draws your attention into the office as if they almost glow or just shine a little more brightly than other things in the room. You can see four magical scrolls amongst the absolute chaos and mess in that office. Ingham's just going to turn without words and then just go in there and gather the scrolls up. Ooh. And those scrolls for you players are a scroll of quench, a scroll of heroism, a scroll of slow, and a scroll of telepathic bond. And then also for rewards, you guys are getting 80 experience for that fight, 30 experience for finding the locations on the map, and 60 experience for finding the vision card. So 170 total. All right. Woo! Feeling rich. Are there any spare Haro decks around? There is. They don't look like very nice ones. They look like pretty beat up used ones, but there are some Haro decks around. I would like to pocket two or three if I can find that many. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Jack just swipes these, kind of looks to Crunk and does a half shrug. Ugh, I don't think anyone's going to be using these anymore. I agree. And it is wise to make sure things are used. Well, that is why they were made. Oh, I can agree with that. Gingham's pulling odds and ends and like stuffing them into a <laughs> Gingham bag has like a pile just on the floor. Yeah, it's stuff. like a pile of it. It just looks like crap, but... Gingham's this is where you get all your esoterics. Yeah, Gingham's <laughs> just pulling things randomly and they're going into the bag of holding. This is just what's happening. I know you said you're not like a cleric, but I don't know. Does anyone feel weird about just leaving this? I feel terrible. I've been praying quietly. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, do I we also call intend on reporting this to the authorities. Yeah, probably should leave all of the card stuff and the demon stuff out. Agreed. I intend to tell them that I peeked into the game store and saw a dead body. Why don't you leave that part to me? Oh. I have quite a bit of experience brushing off the authorities in exactly the right way. I look forward to learning from your expertise. All right, then Jack will pick up his broken rapier from the floor. <laughs> oh, maybe I can fix it. Yeah, we'll look into that. Yeah. Gingham can take a look at the rapier, see what can be done. As, uh, Gingham works on that, and you guys head out to report to the authorities with a few more leads. We'll go ahead and we'll call that a session for tonight. Woohoo! Woo! Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please share your thoughts with us in review and maybe tell a fellow geek about it. If you like what we do and want more, you can find all of our links in the show notes, including our YouTube, where we've posted all of our actual play videos. You can also show your support by purchasing dice and accessories from Fanroll Dice with the coupon code LEVEL1GEEK for 10% off. Now, go take a long rest, drink plenty of water, and we'll catch you next time. why but um i have just tears streaming down my face big old freaky eyes